Are you looking to extend your faith in God? You're in the right place. This is a biblical and practical approach to God's words. Welcome to Be the Gospel with your host, Anthony T. Jarena. Hello, this is Anthony again with you for day four of Heal the Sick with Brother T.L. Osborne's book. If you don't have it, please go to their website, order it, get the audio book, whatever you need, whatever works for you. I understand some people like to read, some people like to listen, some people like to do both. So I suggest go there. It continues to support LaDonna Osborne, Dr. LaDonna Osborne and, and the ministry there. So it would be a huge help for them, okay? So... Let's go ahead and just jump into chapter four. It's an action-packed chapter called Why More Do Not Get Healed. And this is a question that many people ask on a regular basis, right? So let's just dive in. Trust comes by hearing the word of God. So he took Romans 10, 17, and he shortened it. Trust comes by hearing the word of God. Trust is never derived through sympathy. And this is something so key, so important that the church needs to understand that it's not through sympathy that trust is is built towards God. It, <clears throat> it comes only through his word. Trust never comes through discussing with people their pains and aches, weaknesses and sicknesses. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. He is the truth. Remember, truth is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. If we want to see people delivered from the bondage of disease, we must tell them the part of God's word that sets them free from disease. The truth is Christ will, uh, Christ wills every person, even you, to be healed. Or he would not have taken the stripes by which you are healed. Then one may ask, why do not more get healed? The answer is simple. Because the lack of teaching and preaching the biblical truth of healing. And I agree with this wholeheartedly. Because what's happened is in the church, people have learned the opposite. They think that God wants them sick. He wants to teach them something by this sickness. Or he wants to get some, some special glory from somebody dying through a sickness or something like that. And it's absolute, absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Because nowhere in Scripture do we find the precedent where people, where God gets glorified by someone's death through a sickness. We don't find it. It's not in Scripture. It's not there. So to make that a, a, a thing that you hang an argument on or that, that you justify the lack of results... It's just sad. It's very sad. And I have no words for it. But it's a common issue. It's a common experience in the church today. And it's not right. So as we be return back to biblical truth, teaching biblical truth, it changes everything. It wants God wants to change your life. He wants to show you what his truth is. Because if it's truth, then nothing else can stand. When it's true, it, it, it happens. It works. It does exactly the way God created it and and set it to be remember he watches over his word to perform it so he's going to do his word he's going to promise the promise that he's made about healing he's going to fulfill 
All right. So let us not stand by the the bed of a sick, uh, the bed of sick people to sympathize sympathize with their pains. Let us never insinuate that it must be God's will to take them, or that it will teach them patience, or perhaps they will draw closer to the Lord through their sickness, because there's no scriptural um, backing for this at all. Okay. Let us rather declare war on every form of sickness and take authority over every form of demon power through the name of Jesus Christ. Let us minister deliverance to those in need of healing. So look at the next section. If salvation is for all, healing is for all. We're never, we're never in doubt as to God's will to save the most hopeless human being, right? Why can we be so certain? Because we've been taught the Bible truth in this regard. On this subject, we know that God will save anyone who comes to him. You come as you are, right? So when we understand that, we, we can, can see salvation for what it is and that it's for everyone. God provided to everyone who will believe him. There's a condition there, right? Who believe him and receive him. He gives them the power to become sons of God. And that's John 1, 2, uh, 1, 12, sorry. And so let's continue. We have been taught from childhood that salvation is for, is for all who believe because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes him in him should not perish but have everlasting life, John 3, 16. We, uh, had we been taught the truth in regard to healing for the body as positively we've been taught the truth in regard to spiritual salvation, people would believe for healing the same way that they believe for regeneration. If God worked miracles and, and healed in past time, but will he not do the same today? It must be that he is a God who was and not a God who is. And that's completely wrong, right? But the Bible says, I am the Lord who heals you. Right now, God is saying, and he's still saying, I am the Lord who heals you. Tomorrow, he will be saying the exact same thing. He will be healing the sick who look to him tomorrow. There will, There's no maybe, right? There's no baby. He didn't say, maybe I will heal you. He says, I will he I, I'm the Lord who heals you. So there's no doubt. He heals all that come to him believing his promise. And it's that simple. Don't make it more complicated than what it is. Because of your trust, it will happen. So ask and trust, not wavering, not doubting. So let's look at this. Spiritual and physical healing. Healing in the Bible is physical as well as spiritual. Sin and sickness, which proliferate in the human race, are both the result of the disobedience of Adam and Eve. The two redemptive blessings from Christ brought to the world are salvation and healing, deliverance from sin and sickness. That's all it is. Think about it. Healing of the spirit is salvation, right? Salvation of a body, healing. You can use them interchangeably. You can see exactly what God is saying and what he, he's accomplished. So salvation from sickness, sin and sickness, or healing from sin and sickness are both blessings included in our redemption, provided by one sacrifice and by one substitute once and for all. He doesn't have to continually sacrifice himself. He did it one time for all because he's the perfect sacrifice. He is the perfect substitute. And sickness and sin could not hold him down. Okay? To say 
healed or to say saved means the same. If you if you if we say healed or if we say saved, that is that is for the body as well as for the spirit. It would be incomplete for an unsaved person who is sick in body to be saved from sin and not be healed of the sickness after they had heard and believed the truth of the gospel. And so what is he saying here? Well, let's get to it in a second. I'll I'll jump into this because this is so important for people to understand because people say, well, it's more important that they get saved. Okay, but think about this. And this happened. Okay, well, let me not jump ahead of myself. Let's, let me read this next passage, and then I will share with you, okay? For you are to be healed, and if, for you to be healed and not to be saved would be incomplete, just like the other way around, which we just read. God wants your, your spirit to be regenerated when your physical needs are met. Why? Because that is what is what redemption is. How could you be blessed physically and not be blessed spiritually? You be blessed physically... Uh, how could you be blessed physically and not be blessed spiritually after you heard this truth? You discovered Jesus as your own substitutionary sacrifice, bearing both your sins and your sicknesses in your place, and you are set free. So let me get to what I was going to share. So when we look at this, what it's saying is that they, they come together, right? It says in, in Scripture, in the New Testament is put so eloquently by Paul, you've been translated from the kingdom of, of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved son, the kingdom of light. So when we look at the contrast between light and darkness and the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of the devil and the kingdom of God and the kingdom of light, you, you know how they're ran according to the nature of the person who's over that kingdom. So when we look at the kingdom of darkness, we see sin, sickness, depravity, depression, all these negative things. And then when we look at the kingdom of light, we see healing, wholeness, happiness, joy, fulfillment, right? Promises kept, uh, covenant kept. So, so when we look at God, we can see someone who's faithful, that's truthful, that's honest, that's integral, that he is the kingdom of light. He's the one who runs. Jesus is the king of the kingdom of God, right? And we can see that we are co-heirs with him. And so we can see what the kingdom of God is like. And because we can see what the kingdom of God is like, according to the nature and character of God in Jesus Christ, it opens up everything else. So then we begin to look at what scripture actually says. Look at the when he commissioned the disciples, what did he tell them? Tell them the kingdom of God is near, at hand, is nigh unto you. Then lay your hand on them and they will be healed. Come on, because what are they saying? They're saying that the kingdom of God supersedes the kingdom of the earth, supersedes the kingdom of the darkness. And as soon as you lay your hand, even on yourself, you're releasing the kingdom of God into the body setting it free from all sickness, all depression, from all uh, oppression of the enemy, and that it sets you free instantly. Yes, instantly. So I was in Bolivia. We had an amazing service on the outskirt of one of the cities. We're there. Brother Scott Levesque and, and Lori were with us. It, it was an amazing time, amazing time. And there was this lady and her, her grandson who wanted to make Jesus their Lord. 
So I went over, started talking to him. I, I told him, look, I don't believe in a sinner's prayer. I don't find it anywhere in scripture. I don't use it. Uh, but what I know what it says in scripture is if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord, that he saves you, right? And so it's through the, the believing in your heart that your mouth, your mouth naturally confesses. And so I just prayed for them. And I said, look, and before I prayed for them, God gave me a word for the lady. I said, you have pain in your leg. She goes, yes, I do. And she even showed me where the pain was. I go, look, I'm not going to pray for healing for you. And I wasn't even touching her. I said, well, what's going to happen? As soon as you make Jesus your Lord, as soon as you declare that Jesus is your Lord, you're going to be instantly translated from the kingdom of darkness into kingdom of God, where there is no sickness and you're going to be completely healed. And she was like, huh, really? I was like, yeah. So as soon as they declare Jesus is Lord, both of them, they say, Jesus is my Lord. And as soon as they said that, I said, okay, find your pain. And she starts checking her legs and she was like, it's completely gone. It's completely gone. I said, yes, because that is a witness to you that you're no longer in the kingdom of the devil. You are in the kingdom of God. And so you see how simple this is, but how complicated we've made this. And this is what he's trying to explain, that, that healing and, and salvation, they go together because when we look at salvation, and this is in our manual, uh, God is healer, the updated version, is that salvation actually means to make whole. Come on now. When we go back and research what it says in Hebrew, what it says in Greek, and how it actually means to whole eyes, to make whole. But we only take part of the, the definition to save. But it also means to rescue, and it also means to make whole, right? So to make whole means to be made complete. So if God has brought you into himself, you're no longer missing anything, which is the definition of sin in Hebrew and Greek. They both literally mean to be missing, right? So when Jesus brings us, reconciles us back to the Father, he brings us into himself, he makes us one spirit with himself, 1 Corinthians six seventeen. And then we are missing nothing because he's brought us into himself. Perfect wholeness. Perfect completion. See, <laughs> this is good news. This is why what he's saying here is barely touching the tip of the iceberg. And we go back to scripture and study it out. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And you'll see it in our in our in our manual that we're working on, the updated version of God is Healer. So let me continue. This is the truth that sets people free in their bodies as well as in their spirits. The dual provision. In our gospel crusades worldwide, and this is Brother Teal Osborne, we always preach the, the twofold provision. We tell the unsaved to accept Jesus Christ as healer and savior at the same time, to believe that he heals them of sicknesses at the same time that he saves them from their sin. This brings a perfect deliverance to spirit and body alike. Body and spirit are delivered together when people believe it. Paul says, you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians 6.10 We are told to use both body and spirit to glorify God. Both are bought with a price. No wonder Jesus said to the man who was sick with palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. Mark 2 verse 5. When he took up his bed and walked, his sins were lift, 
um, were left behind with his sickness, right? Because he tells them, what's easier to say, to, to take up your bed and walk or your sins are forgiven? So that you know that the Son of Man has the ability to forgive sins, take up your bed and walk. And this freaked them out, right? So and that's what happened in Mark chapter 2. So let's continue. Had Jesus told this man that his sins were gone, his sickness would have had to leave also. I'm putting also in there, right? Because the remedy for both was provided in the same sacrifice. Guys, this is so powerful. So amazing what Jesus did and accomplished and what he said as a precedent here in Scripture and as we dive into scripture, all of this is simply revealed. Isaiah declared, he was wounded for our transgressions and with his stripes, we are healed. Had Jesus told the man to rise up and walk, then his sins also would have had to leave. Always see for your twofold deliverance in Christ Jesus, in Jesus Christ. The word saved in Romans 10, 9 is the exact, is the same Greek word used in Mark when he says, as many sick people as touched him who were made whole. See what I was saying? See what I was saying? He's starting to hint at it here, right? Both words saved and made whole were translated from the Greek word sozo. Each of the words found in the following scriptures are translated from the same Greek word sozo. Healed. Mark 5, 23. Saved. Mark 16, 16, healed. Luke 8, 36, saved. Acts 2, 21, healed. Acts 14, 9, saved. Ephesians 8, saved. Luke 18, 42, saved. James 5, 15, made whole. Mark 5, 34, be whole. Mark 5, 28, whole. Luke 17, 19, whole. Acts 4, 9, saved. Acts 4, 12, made whole. Mark 6, 56. So he's giving you all these scriptures so you can go back and look at the context, look at the at the wholeness that he's, it's saying and what it's conveying and what they're literally showing you in the Greek. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is amazing stuff. This is good news and how simple God has made this. Christians need not be sick. Can I get an amen? Do not tolerate sin in we do not tolerate sin in our lives because Jesus bore our sin. He didn't save us in our sin. He saved us from our sin, right? Neither do we need to tolerate sickness in our bodies because Jesus bore our sicknesses. Himself took our infirmities, weaknesses, and bore our sicknesses. Matthew 8, 17. Surely he has bore, carried away our griefs, the sicknesses, and diseases, and carried our sorrows, pains, and that's Isaiah 53, 4. By these scriptures, we know that Je that Jesus bore our sicknesses, according to 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bore our sins in his body on the tree. We know that Jesus bore our sins, and if he bore them, we need not bear them. Can I get a, can I get a witness? Right? Because one of the lies the enemy tells people is, oh, oh, you need to suffer like Jesus suffered. You need to carry this sickness Oh, if you pray for someone, the sickness is going to jump on you. All these things are lies of the enemy so that you will not reject. You will not come against. You will tolerate the lie. You will tolerate the sickness because you think it's for your betterment or it's something that you have to go through. And it's a lie because it's what it's really doing is it's saying that what Jesus did was not enough. 
And that's the biggest lie. And it's undercutting your faith, your trust in God. Don't allow the devil to do that. Don't allow him to go there. Jesus became a curse for us so that we can be blessed, period. If we must bear them, then it was useless for Jesus to bear them, right? If we have to bear the sicknesses, if we have to bear the sin, even after receiving Jesus, then what's the point of Jesus? What did he do? What did he accomplish? These are the questions we have to ask ourselves, right? Unless it's a lie, as I'm stating, obviously Satan coming in and lying to the church so that they don't fight the devil off. And this is so sad. The gospel very clearly shows that Jesus Christ bore them, that is, carried them away, and that therefore we are redeemed from them, so we need never bear them. Amen. Christians are often taught that although you were redeemed from their they were redeemed from their sins, they must continue to suffer their sicknesses because it may not be God's will to heal them. <clears throat> That's what we call a sacred cow. A lie, right? They know he healed others, but perhaps those were the more fortunate ones on whom he bestowed his mercy. If it were only his will to do so, they know he could heal them. But since they are not sure of his will, they will be patient and continue to bear the cross of their physical suffering. Disease destroys the very body that has been brought, have been bought with a price, the price of the body of the Son of God. This is not reasonable. Come on. Let's look at this. God wills to keep his promise. How unlike God's word this doctrine is. Reverend F.F. F. Bosworth wrote this. When I ask people if they think it is God's will to heal them, and they reply they do, they do not know whether it is or not, I then ask them if it is God's will to keep his promise. The reason more people are not healed is because of the lack of preaching and teaching on these truths. Since faith comes by hearing, trust comes by hearing the word of God, then we, we expect the people, excuse me, to have trust to receive God's divine blessing of physical healing. We must teach them these scriptural truths which alone can build trust for this blessing. That it's already theirs. That it belongs the same as salvation. That healing for the body and, and salvation of the spirit. They're together. They come as a package. And we can see this in Isaiah 53. And we're going to get into this later, I'm sure. And so when we get into what scripture actually says compared to the experience and the lies and everything else that's exalted above the word of God, which is complete and utter blasphemy, it goes against what God's word says and what his spirit is clearly taught and, and, and example, exemplified through Jesus Christ is, is in complete contradiction to what people are teaching today about healing oh it must be god's will that this person died oh god must have a bigger plan oh the person's healed because now they're in heaven look that's the biggest boat of baloney that you could ever get into because you don't need healing in heaven you need healing on this earth in heaven you have a heavenly body here you have a physical body the heavenly body doesn't get sick this one gets sick this is the one who can can get sick so let me put it that way right? Can, can get ill. You need healing here so that you can accomplish the will of God for your life 
the plans of God for your life. And the devil knows that. And he's trying to throw every obstacle in your way to prevent you from doing the will of God. Stop letting him eat your lunch. Stop letting him bully out of your lunch money. It says that healing is the children's bread. Healing belongs to you if you are a Christian. Healing is yours, has been provided for completely, so much so that you can give it out freely to unbelievers around you simply by laying your hand on them. So let's continue. How many would be saved if they never heard a message on salvation? Good question. Or if when the subject of salvation was addressed, the main points expounded were, maybe it isn't God's will to save you. Hmm. Perhaps your sin is for the glory of God. Perhaps God is using this sin to chastise you. Be patient in your sin until God's will, uh, God wills to save you. Right? Be patient in your sin until God wills to save you. You know how ridiculous that sounds today, right? The day of miracles, of conversion, is past. God doesn't save anybody anymore. Imagine if these five things were taught about salvation because these five things are taught about healing and they're utterly ridiculous because they go against God's word. They go against the life of Jesus and what he exemplified as walking the perfect will of God out looks like he went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Is God with you? He lives in you. So it's kind of hard for him to separate himself from you, right? He's joined himself to you. He's made yourself with him one spirit, right? I'm just telling you. I'm telling you facts here. I'm telling you the truth here, right? How many would receive trust to be saved through such messages? If we taught the same thing about salvation as we do healing. See, it's foolishness to teach this for salvation. Therefore, it's foolishness to teach these five things concerning healing. Yet these are about the only points many sick people hear concerning God's provision for physical healing. It is easy to understand why many are not healed today. Right? can see it clearly why so many aren't healed today and this is so sad we've got to change this this is why i'm working on the manual this is why i'm reading over chapter by chapter from brother teal osborne's book to to get this teaching out there share it with others don't be afraid to share what i'm, I'm putting out there go through the book yourself go through the studying of scripture yourself see exactly what scripture is saying don't give up. Don't stand down. Stand up. Dive deeper. Go deeper in scripture, in your studies. Who cares what you might find out? That as long as it's truth that you're after, everything else will fall away and only truth will remain. Okay? Well, God bless you. I hope this is blessing you. I hope this is helping you. I hope that you're excited as I am as we continue through this. We've got 53 more chapters, 53 more days we're going to be going through, and they're all action-packed. They're all going to be uplifting. They're all going to take you from one spot to the next spot in your journey with God so you can see clearly what His Word says 
what his heart is for you, what his plan is for you. And this is so important. This is so key for you to understand and grasp and and take for yourself because this is God's heart for you, plain and simple. So if you would like to contribute, I'm, I'm put a link in the description where you can you can, can help contribute um, because it takes time, it takes energy to do all this stuff and study and, and pull out my points and testimonies and different things I'm going to share with y'all. And so if you'd like to contribute in any way, um, just go to our link, bethegospel.com forward slash give, and you can give through PayPal or credit card or however you want to. And it's, we make it very simple, many ways for you to do that. And just say, God bless you, okay? So if you're sick right now, I'm just going to pray for you. Like I said, I'm going to start closing every single um, day like this. I'm going to pray for you. And God's going to go into exactly where you're at. Some of you, you're in your kitchen. Some of you, you're in your car. Some of you are laid up in bed. And the presence of God is going to fill the room. And you're going to sense him touching you. Because it's not about my prayer. It's about who he is. He's healer. He, healing is a person. And so as you as you sense him, he's going to touch your body. You're going to be delivered. You're going to be set free. And you're going to see it's not because of Anthony. It's not because of be the gospel. It's because of Jesus and who he is and him being faithful to who he is. Plain and simple. Amen. All right. Let's pray. So just lay your hand on yourself wherever you can. You can put it on your head. You put it on your chest, whatever you need to do. Right now, in Jesus name, you be completely healed and whole. All sickness, all oppression in the enemy, you go 100%. Every every yoke of bondage, we break your power now in Jesus' name. You be completely free, 100% in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Be The Gospel with your host, Anthony T. Jarina. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit BeTheGospel.com and on Facebook at BeTheGospelToday. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Be The Gospel.